0: Welcome to Coffee Beans and Booze. I'm Jasmine, and I'm Shyla, and we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink. Hey Shyla, how's it going? I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm sitting here kind of laughing a little bit because we're talking about the like absurdity of life right now, just the ridiculous little things that are <laughs> yes. going on, right?
0: <laughs> and that's kind of where we've uh-huh. hit, right?
1: That's kind of where we've uh,
0: hit. I know. I saw a meme yesterday that was like, uh, March is just a few months away and I haven't processed last March yet. And I feel like <laughs> oh, I was like, word. Yeah, which I, I wish so it wasn't feel that. True. Yeah.
1: It's so true, though. Yeah. It's so true. Like, I don't know. It's that whole like, do I laugh or cry thing? I don't know. And let's add some holiday season on top of it. You know, like yes. I was listening to a yes. to a podcaster the other day. She's an ADHD mom and, and she does some really great programming and stuff. And she has like a whole holiday thing going on where it's kind of like, you know, identify the thing that's most important to you. And as long as that's happening in the holiday season, you know, it's like really good. And I thought, do you know how many plans I've had to replan for the holidays? When I realized yeah. that they literally have less and less to do with anything. But, you know, our family actually goes to um, – Um, to the Hotel Hershey each year. We go to a a local beautiful, beautiful place each year. And, you know, we're by ourselves in our little area, in our space and everything else. But now that they can't have food service, like, is that going to change things? Like, even the simplest of simple right now is causing some grief, right?
0: No, I totally understand. And yeah, yesterday I had to have two really hard conversations. And I spent a lot of time over the weekend thinking about whether it was an emotional reaction that I was having mm-hmm. because everything just seems so immediate right mm-hmm. now or if it was really the conversations that needed to happen and so you know I think that it's, it's it's causing us to have a lot more introspection which is just hard on our brains you know like I think it's just like okay. yeah you keep and calling it the, the
1: mental gymnastics and you're 100% yes. right yeah just yeah keep, and we keep we-
0: missing the nuance mm-hmm. of people and like not being able to see full faces if you are in person you know the nuances of, of the of of uh, you know just mm-hmm. the cues that you get from people absolutely. when you're absolutely the on body Zoom. language. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been uh you know it's it's a real treat yes. here in COVID land, <laughs> and yet we innovate, right? And
1: let's throw some snow in on top of it, right? You know, we were oh, we yes. were chatting this morning here too about you know Jeez you right. may have to change your holiday distribution a good bit here, and it isn't like a we're not even at the point anymore where we lament the change, right? We're just we just do it, we just do the just next. Like piece. okay, I
2: here know. We are.
1: That's that's true. Right. Last night we had virtual theater. You know, we had we had virtual um, characterization workshops and vo- and Kevin was busy with vocals last night. And you know, we're just it's all about moving things forward, right? We're just gonna keep that's- moving
0: out yep. of the 2020.
1: That's all you can do.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yesterday I took some, uh, I took a pause um, and someone had pointed out to me that there were some things uh, at the Karen cupboard that needed to be taken care of. And some of the things are things that have been kind of on the list of things to do for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And you just don't get to it or you ask a volunteer to do it and it doesn't quite get done or, you know, and, and that's to no nobody's it fault. Happens. It's just sure. what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just kind of looked at the person and I said, I, I appreciate your perspective. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's your your perspective and that's fine. But I, I keep telling myself and, and calling back to where we were 10 years ago, mm-hmm. where we were five years ago mm-hmm. and where we are today and how those things don't just happen overnight, right? right? Um, and what's scaling and and what we've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, but you have also had, um, you know, a pretty revolutionary change over years.
1: Yeah. So it's really interesting. You should say that, Shyla, because I just had the experience of um, got together with uh, Kevin and Cody and Taylor, and we were watching um, The Prom that just came out on On Netflix, Um, we had planned to get together and watch this. And somehow it led into one of those crazy evenings where you just stay up till 2 in the morning and we literally watched the highlights of the last 10 years of Palmyra Theater. Like, because they haven't been, (laughs) you have been around in Palmyra Theater since even before then. I mean, since Rosemary was in in middle school. But they had not seen all of the highlights, we'll call it highlights, of some of those early productions. Um, But it really not to be, be punny, but, you know, it really put a spotlight on how much things have grown. I always focus on the statistics of our growth, right? Like, you know, we have increased the size of the program and the involvement to over 10% of the student body. Like, that was really important to me, that it not just be like the theater kids doing the theater thing, but this is right. that this is a community organization that feeds the empathy of our community and the intelligence of our community and the culture of our community and all the things that we hope to get from the arts, right? And so we we literally work to grow that and I can remember when Mac McCrum who's still our vice president and I sat down and said okay let's take a look at, at what this program is when we came in which was you know a program that put on a show each year um, that focused on on that production but really what could this mean if we scaled it up not just in people but in productions but elevating its importance as far as recognition of the work that it takes for these students if we elevated the technology side mm-hmm. of this so that our students could really see what jobs are in this you know mm-hmm. if we elevated that our students would understand what theater business is and the marketing that goes into that and really seeing all of these jobs. And it, it's kind of amazing because we, we do have so many students that have gone to work in this field, that have gone to truly make arts um, part of their business of life. And so it was really interesting, though, Shyla. you would have laughed so hard because <laughs> while I love those beginning productions... 100 percent did they look different did they feel different you know we were building something and so that ability to scale something up not only helped me remember how far we've gone but it actually gave me a little courage of where we are right now because this year's production won't look the same but we're so much more than a production you know we're so much more um, than just what what is on those recordings which let me tell you we should we should go down memory lane. Sometimes it, it was it was, a, it was a good it was a good time. And and you have done the same. I mean, you were years at, at the caring cupboard. You have scaled everything from operations to involvement. You know how how did that feel? And did you have that plan coming in? Did you know
0: how you wanted to scale things? Oh, I, I think yes and and no. You know, I think there's a lot that you try to plan for, and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that happen. There are a lot of things that happen that just happen. Um, you know, it, it's. It's a weird thing because I was a volunteer there from 2006 until 2015, and then when I took over as ED, uh, the the former um, volunteer director stayed on Terry, mm-hmm. and um, you know that made it a little bit of a challenge, and not because of a personality clash, but because you know he had mm-hmm. been there for so long, and so right. I was trying to to make my way and and figure out my place and like that kind of thing. But I think it it started to become like you know. I, I had to create vision for what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once I started to do that and sometimes committing that to paper, mm-hmm. um, just like I, I have this like diagram that I drew one time of like just all these areas. And I found it a couple of weeks ago and was like, oh my word, we've done all of these things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that vision boarding really does I make a difference. I could not in, agree with you yeah. more. I
1: think, you know, for us, it was starting with our mission and what really the mission was. And one of the things, um, because as you know, we, we just recently had to expand what our mission was because we aren't just one production per year right. and all of the educational pieces. We're now two productions per year and the educational pieces and how you make sure that the balanced budget, you know, will work with that because we're self-funded and, and all of those things and, and how to make that transition in the middle of the pandemic was, was challenging for sure. Um, but Everything goes back to that mission that we started with, which was that we wanted an organization that, you know, had quality theater education, that provided opportunities for the students, but at the end of the day was not only student-focused, but made people want to stay involved. And it's really interesting because I think if we Mm -hmm. hadn't – always kept that piece of the mission I think we never would have been able to grow and so you know I'm involved with some organizations that don't really think about that piece where um you know if everyone is miserable and everybody is in this state of like either drama or in this state of you know not feeling like they can contribute in some meaningful way Mm -hmm. they won't stay there and then that organization Mm -hmm. dies and I think we knew and it's so funny that that's become such an important part of our mission and it doesn't even have to do with a the theater piece of it right but it's yeah. like if we don't have people who want to stay involved both on the student and the the community side of things it's not going to exist and that's really what's allowed right. us to scale for sure you know yeah um, yeah yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's fascinating like when we got our van you know we we weren't driving we had this uh 1994 f-250 <laughs> we were driving around <laughs> mm-hmm. the hoopty like i just i, love I hoopty, hated that though.
2: thing because mm-hmm. yeah, it was have so to drive it. <laughs> hard
0: exactly our volunteers had to like crawl in and out of this thing and you know we have yeah. um you know older guys who were doing that and and eventually i just thought you know what's the harm in trying to fundraise for this thing? So mm-hmm. I was able to get the Sertoma Club here in Palmyra and uh, Click Lewis to help us out in, in purchasing mm-hmm. the van, which was, what I didn't know at the time was that when we got a van that could hold more and mm-hmm. had the capability of driving further, um, mm-hmm. because we were scared to death to drive that, the the truck more than like 12 miles, like that was like the limit, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that we were capable of, of picking up more and doing mm-hmm. more and providing more. Um, so while it was a safer vehicle and all of these things it actually opened up opportunities that I didn't know Mm -hmm. existed and so yeah it's interesting you know when you think you don't need something and you know the guys are like oh it's fine it's you Mm -hmm. know it's just a car we don't use it that much it's not worth buying another one um but it was so worth it in the end and the same thing we we got a walk-in freezer same thing with that you know it's Mm -hmm. it's um it's interesting when you when you scale up your equipment and your capabilities what happens you, you can meet the yeah. call for so many more things i, so. I hear you you know you yeah. know that
1: we have a, a bit of an equipment challenge um, in that we we don't have the equipment at the high school sound and lighting and things that we can use and the the district just invested in sound which made something absolutely that would have been impossible for us to be able to handle in the fall a fall production in the middle of a pandemic and all of these things it made mm-hmm. it possible for us it really did you know we had the equipment that the students needed we had more than enough so that there could be no cross-contamination um, and we really it, it really did wake me up to exactly what you saying which is you know we need to do the same thing on the lighting side and we need to figure out how to do this because we are exhausting our volunteers with the efforts that it mm-hmm. takes to bring in all of that equipment to install all mm-hmm. of that equipment to to pull it all down when you know one our volunteers some of them are getting older which is which is a challenge you know for some of us to be able to do what we used to do but also is it the best place for their efforts like no like I want their efforts to be on the things that can focus more on the student effort and education side of the piece teaching the students how to use that equipment now with sound equipment there we can we ha- we can have the students do sound design we can teach them a whole nother level of things and if we can mm-hmm. put the efforts to doing the same on the equipment side so I hear you you're speaking to me I need to get some care- campaigning going on and some fundraising going on, <laughs> um, which is hard to think of in Let's the middle of, 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 a, yeah. of a pandemic. And at the same time, um, I think I've never done so much planning in my life for the good of what will follow. So, you know, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see the scale up that comes after this, right? Um, and yeah. the innovation that comes after this, which has been
0: challenging for sure it's yeah yeah, Mm man we're all feeling it which is I guess the thing that I take comfort in I'm not alone (laughs) absolutely (laughs) we're not alone and our guest today is a prime
1: example of that Um, you know Mm -hmm. Megan Megan Winslow with Splat has done an incredible job of not only scaling up and being an innovator before these crazy times uh, with multiple locations of her incredible art studio for our community um, but even during COVID she really shared with us some amazing things and ways um, and I don't know about you but I loved hearing her excitement for that wasn't it
0: neat to hear her yeah um, she's definitely passionate about what she does which is really awesome. which is incredible
1: yeah. and i think especially during this time our clinkers are going to love to hear uh, that passion in all of her words Hey, Shiloh. How's
0: it going today? I am doing pretty well. I'm pretty excited about our interview, who came as a recommendation from our previous interview. Uh, You may remember Cindy uh, Coakley, who was uh, the the Mary Kay uh, salesperson extraordinaire. Yeah, absolutely. Inspiring us and keeping us going. And you know,
1: just a little call out to Cindy. She um, is turning 50, and she's doing a whole social media campaign that is involving the community and their memories and their thoughts. And it's really stunning and amazing to watch every day. so so wonderful. Yeah. She really is, but she was so kind to introduce us to Megan Winslow, yeah. who's here with us today. Yes. Hi, Megan. Welcome to
2: the show. Hi. Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Absolutely. Well, we like to start off each episode with having uh, our guests introduce themselves. It's actually one of my favorite parts of our interviews yeah. because it's so <laughs> great to hear someone talk about the joys and the things they love in their own life. So please, could you introduce mm-hmm. yourself to our clinkers, please?
2: Um, I will introduce myself uh, to your listeners, but before that, I just want to give a shout out to Cindy, too. A happy mm-hmm. birthday yes. and a thank you to her for introducing me to the two of you. Oh. Um, she is a great inspiration, a great leader of women, so mm-hmm. I think of her as a mentor as well as a friend. So. Oh, fantastic. And,
1: so yes,
2: yeah. yeah. And so I'm Megan Winslow. I'm owner of SPLAT, a family art studio, and I have been doing uh, the studio operations for 12 years now. hmm
1: yeah. So it's very
2: exciting. My, my background is uh, I was an art educator and then a full-time mom. Uh, I've been married 30 years and my husband and I share Four beautiful sons, ages 18 through 25. That's I can't even imagine.
0: What, She's a mom. Boy I know. I can't a boy even mom imagine. Rather.
2: I have a one boy
1: and one girl, and I, I love them yes. both. And I'm so thrilled for the. Just, but I can't imagine a
0: household with four boys. Four boys. I, look at you I have. You too. I have two boys. I have a four-year-old yeah. and an eight-year-old. So it's you know, just, it was my life's dream to be a, a boy mom. Like mm-hmm. I never wanted mm-hmm. girls for lots of reasons, mostly my own, not theirs. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> It's a different world, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Y- yes. When mine were little, ages four through eight, but four of them, right? Oh, I cannot imagine. <laughs> People would say, do you get any downtime? And you know how they love to wrestle. That's how boys show affection, right? <laughs> and I'd say, when I'm on the bottom of that boy pile, that's when I get my downtime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no,
0: very too much. Deep. Oh,
2: my. Yeah,
0: I had a friend come over, um, Allie Parado, who you probably know. She came over today. We went mm-hmm. for a walk, and she was like, I love your boy house. So I was like, yeah, I mean, most days I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Such joy and such smiles that yeah. come from them. You know, it's funny because I was talking on last week's episode about 8-year-old e- Aaron and how he left his toys all over the basement. But secretly, don't tell him. Every time I still find one of those Nerf, you know, yeah. uh, pellets or whatever they're called, the little darts. I, I still love all of that. It was so much fun <laughs> and such a good time. Don't tell him, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't tell No, him. <laughs> so. no we won't do that. But <laughs> <no>. Don't tell <laughs> my tells. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about what What do you do at Splat? I know it's a, a family art um, gallery and and showcase and, and instruction and all of those things. But can you really talk a little bit about what your mission of Splat is and and it's very community based. So can you share that a little bit with our listeners?
2: Absolutely. So um, I entered this uh, studio opportunity first as an art educator, and so when I opened in Anvil, we were hosting classes specifically for children, and our pro- programming grew so that then we were also offering programs that. Uh, parents and children could interact around an art activity. And as the studio continued to grow, I was finding that there was also this need for people just to be able to come in and have kind of an arts entertainment. So Mm -hmm. that's what we call our open studio when we provide uh, making mosaics, painting pottery, and creating collage. And so that's an opportunity where families can drop in. Now, during COVID, we are having uh, opportunities like that only by reservation. Mm-hmm. But once, once this passes, uh, it'll be, it's a drop in. So whenever it's convenient for families. And so they're in the studio for anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, for the classes, it's sign up programming. And we still offer the uh, children's classes, the summer camps. We offer birthday parties and we offer family programming. So today, we had a special guest in the studio. Oh. Santa was here. Oh, oh that's exciting. Santa, mm-hmm. Santa has been coming to our studio for several years and he sits for a drawing and painting class where the kids are able to observe Santa. Uh, we look at shape, we look at line, we look at color, and then they are drawing and painting Santa. That's and so it's become a great tradition for mm-hmm. many people in the community. That's so, so cool. uh At the Anvil studio, we hosted as a family class. And then in the Hershey studio, we hosted for the children to to participate only in the class
1: yeah, yeah speaking I love that, of which. I, oh, sorry go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> I was just gonna say speaking of which you have you just recently expanded into Hershey as yeah. well and so now you have Correct. two studio locations which is so exciting for our community I kind of love it because I work uh, in Anvil at the college mm-hmm. and then I live here on this end of town of Palmyra so I almost live like between your campus lands yeah. <laughs> 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 but I do yeah
0: no I was just gonna <laughs> say that 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 the idea of of offering something where for where parents and children can interact together mm-hmm. that was that 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 was actually Mm -hmm. really innovative and Mm -hmm. really uh, thoughtful about what the needs are. You know, I spend so much time away from my children and trying sometimes to capture things that are exciting to them or that they'll mm-hmm. enjoy doing is really a challenge but if I could do something with them together it's mm-hmm. you know that that's a real treat so yeah. it's funny you say that
1: so with the, with the theater program that we do through the district we always have like mini camps every year where we have the elementary students come in and while we do our summer camp that's a whole week long theater we do these mini camps where they come and sometimes we'll schedule them during the holiday season like this figuring that the parents want to drop their children off go and do something and come back and we always have parents always who say can mm-hmm. I stay and watch can I sing with my kids too can I do it. And it's made me think about that when COVID's through here, we really need to start some mini camps yeah. where we have, that the parents can come and enjoy these activities because they do, right? Mm-hmm. They want to do the arts and crafts with their students. They want to talk about, you know, especially things like mosaics. My mom uh, worked in mosaics for many years. She would travel to Italy and back and, and do all these oh. things. And when she would explain to me her work and how she, you know, breaking the tile pieces and doing these things and putting them together, talk about a great thing to discuss and, and how, how things come together to build yeah. something more beautiful and, and all mm-hmm. of the different principles mm-hmm. that I'm sure you're discussing with, with
2: the interactivity. So it's really, really yeah. quite wonderful. Yes, mm-hmm. a family's value that uh, you pull all of the instructional materials and the instruction together, and they just get to be the recipient. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I first started learning about this when I was offering one of my classes. I have a program that's called The Art of Reading. And what we do is we look at the style of the way that the illustrator creates the pictures and the books to tell the story. And uh, we offer them that medium that the illustrator used as a way of making art for the children. Mm -hmm. And I found during that time the parents wanted to help and sometimes the parents wanted to help because they had this need to create themselves. Mm -hmm. And so then I expanded that program offering the art materials both both for the child as well as the parent or the grandparent or the aunt or uncle that would bring the children in. Uh And then everybody had an opportunity to express their creativity. It's so Mm -hmm.
0: demonstrative of, of one of the ideas that we talk about of how you don't know what you don't know sometimes and you yes. know I can pull together some weird thing that my children are probably going to hate in terms of arts and crafts but if I came somewhere where you knew mm-hmm. what a child could do at their developmental age and really could mm-hmm. you know really get into that and not have to worry about how, the how but the right. just the doing that's mm-hmm. such a yeah that's so and awesome the, and the relationship yeah. to books is so
1: fantastic I mean when we think about all of the different books that we loved with our children you know I was saying before that my children are now adults and, and we're going through their boxes and stuff right now and it's so mm-hmm. painful and so hard right because you, you can't keep <laughs> a hold of everything but everything has such a memory but their childhood books you know are so We still remember all the words and we still remember this. Like, I could tell you the style of the illustrations in them because you spend such an intimate amount of time with them and so do your children. So, what a great way Mm -hmm. to talk about analyzing and, you know, checking that out and then recreating it and giving them the bravery and the freedom to try to recreate that. It's really quite a wonderful gift you're you're giving to families to do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I
2: love it, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about arts education in the public school and do you feel like you meet a need that isn't being met otherwise? Mm -hmm.
2: I do. Um, I, I, uh, Having worked for almost eight years in the public school district, I have a tremendous amount of respect. When I was teaching in the public school during a week's time, first I was commuting over an hour. I was commuting from Lancaster to Hanover and there was, that commute was never too long because I was able to do what I absolutely love to do. And uh, I was the elementary art teacher in Hanover. That was my first position after graduating from Millersville. And uh, I had three buildings. I felt very fortunate that I wasn't art on the cart. Mm -hmm. that I had the three classrooms where I could set up my materials and leave and come back in two or three days and and still be able to provide the arts education at that school, but in a week's time, I met with 750 kids. Wow. It's
1: amazing, absolutely amazing. I know. I think about this. I have a friend who's a librarian, and it's a it's a similar type thing. And when I think about how many students she she touches, you Mm know, uh, we have a neat thing going on here in Palmyra. I don't know if you know. We have a a recent grad who just graduated from um, from college, and she's back filling in for a long term substitute at the high school. And it's been so cool watching all of the different projects and different things she's doing. But I'm constantly amazed at how much she has to get through in such a small Mm -hmm. amount of time. I don't know how you did all of that. I mean. It's just, it's absolutely crazy.
2: And at the elementary level, I would have the kindergartners for 20 minutes and the fifth graders, you know, for 45, 50 minutes. And so when you ask the question, if I'm able to provide something different here, uh, for our elementary age children, we have programming that's two hours long. And at the end of that two hours, they will say, time is different here. Mm -hmm. It goes so much faster. But it's being able, and with our camps as well, it's being able to be lost in the art process. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is such a process, right? You know, that idea of having time to really. Think about what they want to create. I think that's probably the number one thing that happens. You know, in in the school atmosphere, is they don't have the
0: time to necessarily. Yeah, twenty minutes. You're just breaking out your crayons, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, it's time to put them all back into the container. Little Lucy can't find her red, and that's the end of the
1: world. And that's the end of it, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Let alone think about what she wants to do, and 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 the process of being creative, right? You know, Mm -hmm. which is which is. And that process
2: is about play. If you can't play an experiment, you can't really understand what it is that you want to do and um when i started this business i just really wanted to be able to teach art again i'm very grateful that i was able to be a stay-at-home mom but i also absolutely love teaching and Mm -hmm. so when i the day that i resigned it was with one baby on the hip and one by the hand and tears streaming down my face and my superintendent giving me a big hug telling me i was making a good decision for my family um, but uh, being able to work with the kids again—it was just—it's uh, very rewarding work. Mm-hmm. So people will say, "Oh, you have such great patience with the kids." It's not really—it's not something I work for. It's mm-hmm. something that—that that is who I am. So. It sounds
1: like you've appreciated every piece of being able to live okay. your passion there- and work in a passion of yours. Um, you know, it sounds like even when you said, you know, that that drive could never be too long because you knew how great it was to be able to do something like that. You know, sounds like we're Mm -hmm.
0: activating her AI over Uh, there. Is there something that we're (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that? No, Ah, 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 ah. we've all been there. I love it. No, (laughs) it's perfect. We've all been there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. You were saying uh, passion, oh we're, passion! Yeah, 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 what I was saying
1: was, it sounds like you know you you have really always really appreciated being able to have your career be your passion. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in the classroom, in the studio, and with your children. I would imagine that your children had the best mommy activities going on at your household when your four boys were at home with you. You know, did did you do a little art, a lot of art with your with your children?
2: Oh, I did. I did. Um, it's interesting when when this is what you do, right? Um, it, it's just it's uh, funny how the kids will say things like uh, when the when my oldest son was uh, little. And we would be building Legos together. He'd look at me and he'd say, "Whose Legos are these?" <laughs> if, if I was too much into the process of making something, but we've uh, made uh, Star Wars cakes, uh, you know, molded and painted and. Um, one of the things when they were younger and they would have that project that was due the next day and they'd come to me at, you know, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, I'd mm-hmm. say to them, you know, not everybody has art supplies in their basement. You really need yeah. to be uh-huh. planning better for this project, but we would be up till 11 and we would get it done and <laughs> making yeah. wampum belts and long houses. And <laughs> oh, we've all been there. So, yeah. we, under, we all understand. Well, I yeah. was
1: in I was in Hobby Lobby the other day uh, with my daughter and, and um, she's 28 now and she's home from new, from <laughs> new york for the the just a month here over the holidays and working remotely and we were walking down the like um the big uh poster board aisle and they're all so fancy now like you know you can get poster boards with the, they all have like you know gold frames on them and all this stuff and she's like mom remember when I had to take like tinfoil and cover the entire thing with tinfoil because yes. I wanted because she was that kid who didn't want it to yes. be white and she didn't want to just color on it and she uh-huh. didn't want to do this things and so she did she would cover it with tinfoil and now it's it's crazy the stuff you can buy now and you can do but yeah we've yeah. all been there in that late night last minute. and it's
2: more fun to make Oh my it's gosh. So fun yes. to make it. Yeah. Oh, I look oh, yes. at that great memory she had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. she really
1: yes. did and, and it's it is just it's too funny. That, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Something that that often occurs to me is uh, Watson who was a behaviorist um, famously said that you could take 12 children and basically make them into anything you wanted to make them, right? Um, and so I'm I'm a psych geek you know this is who I am and and I think about that in the alternate way where like sometimes we haven't exposed our children to something that maybe they could really excel at mm-hmm. um, and I, th- I think about that a lot in art and music and those mm-hmm. kinds of things because we don't spend enough time doing that so where do you think like we are missing the mark as a society that's a big question mm-hmm. but like in the in the arts mm-hmm. kind of world and the arena of like you know just being able to let kids create you know I think about my third grader who mm-hmm. is in education and it's it's tough and rigorous now and mm-hmm. you know they don't have a whole lot of time for that especially now during COVID right. they don't they don't get that like every other day kind of well like they're they're not on that cycle anymore so they only get 36 days of music and 36 mm-hmm. days of art and that's it for the year mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. thinking about how well, that and even
1: this them. idea that it's a special thing yeah. and i'm like no, no this is this is a necessary thing this needs to be just as yeah. much a core <laughs> of things you know because this is where they're learning their creativity their problem yeah. solving their their communication skills their you know creativity all these different pieces right yeah, yeah. So yeah, so where are we missing the mark, Megan?
0: Yeah. Fill it out for us. <laughs> so,
2: so so then when we go back to that elementary art experience that I had where I had children anywhere from twenty minutes and you started to illustrate how uh, if I can't find my red crayon and the teacher asks me to use a warm color, that could potentially produce a meltdown and then that child's not really creating anything mm-hmm. during that time frame. And only having 50 minutes and then um, as a society, sometimes we will identify art as either drawing or painting. It's a very narrow mm-hmm. uh, understanding mm-hmm. of what art is. and. Uh, if kids are defined that way, then very early in their education, they're identifying as not being creators, not being artists. And so at Splat, when we're able to give kids the opportunity to experiment and to play with a variety of different materials and to understand that creativity is beyond drawing and painting, um, I will have grownups come in and they'll say, I can't draw a straight line to save my life. And I'll say, well, it's a good thing we have rulers. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, right. <laughs> and there are lots of other interesting lines to draw, you know, wiggly lines and curved lines. And um, the other thing that I have heard several times over the years is, you know, I can only draw stick figures. And I'd say, well, have you looked at the back? Now this phase, this is phasing out, but previously, have you looked at the back of a minivan? Because somebody's making a lot of money off of stick figures. That's very true. Just -hmm. just understanding that just because somebody, somewhere doesn't value what you're doing doesn't mean that it's not a creative experience and that others won't be able to value it. And mostly, we want the kids to value their art experiences. What a good point. And I'll encourage parents, Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I'll encourage parents to look at a child's piece of artwork and and I'll say, hear the story. Listen to, let them tell you the story and you'll hear all the detail that's in there that you may not see right away when you look at it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we, we, Mark and I, my, my husband and I have this great opportunity that while our children are a little bit older than a lot of our friends, many of our friends have younger children like mm-hmm. Shiloh and Derek's kids or my friend Jenny's kids. And so we have a lot of younger kids around us or our next door neighbors have three young children over the under the age of nine. And they're always like drawing us pictures, bringing us things. And it's so funny because one of my favorite things is to like both of us, we'll ask the child like, you know, what what's going on in here? Why don't you tell me about this? And we love to hear those stories just as much as we love that yeah. they took the time to make us the picture right because it just tells you in their words and in their pieces and and you love that you love everything everything about it um you were asking the question about like where are we missing the mark kind of in education and society and there, there was a great article the other day um it was either new york i think it was in the new york times and it was about how almost every country but the united states has a secretary of arts and culture And about this idea that art is more than just the museum with paintings in it, right? It's more than Mm -hmm. just the the two-dimensional or the three-dimensional sculpture. That Mm -hmm. this idea that art and culture should be something we're looking at just as much as what is the economics and and what is military and what is homeland security and and all of these pieces. Because it's been with us in our DNA for so long long you know like when you think about and it, and we can't just be like well it's been there for so long it'll be there Yeah. that it really needs to be something and that just like you know something like like covid brings forth the um the, our shortcomings in healthcare. it's also bringing our shortcomings for how we support art and culture in our societies right mm-hmm. now right because we have all these fears around it and how we do that and, and you know it starts in our communities it starts with creating the appreciation at studios like splat where children who come with their parents have an appreciation for art and culture and want to keep that going, yes. right? And, yes. and all those pieces.
2: So I have some concerns with COVID that the uh, ripple effect with that will be that there will be bud- budgets cut in our schools and that potentially we could lose the arts again, mm-hmm. so. Yeah,
1: I think it's a fair concern, Megan, you know, being being a theater director at a public school, I'm always concerned, uh, but it's kind of funny, and Shila knows this because we are self-funded and we've never gotten money from the school district. So I'm in a standpoint where I'm like, you know, okay, I'm used to doing this, but I'm equally as concerned because now if there are budget cuts, now if there are programs that used to be funded by the district that now need to dip into the community fundraising, mm-hmm. there's only so much capacity, right? Like there's only so much that's there. Mm-hmm. And so it concerns me and worries me as well, you know, definitely. Um, not only for, for you know, if they're cut in the schools, um, but then what that means for our community in, in general. So. Yeah. Yeah, I share that with
0: you. Yes. Definitely. Fair. Yeah, we, we hate to to yeah. have every week. Every week we've talked about COVID and, and mm-hmm. what your response to COVID has been. Uh, but unfortunately, here's where we are, right? right. So in what ways uh, has Splat innovated? Uh, what are some things that you've done uh, during COVID to to kind of keep yourselves out there? Um, and also, you know, generating revenue because, uh, you know, that's got to be part mm-hmm. of it too, right? Right. You can't, right. Just, so you can't so, survive on air. No. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, when when we were first shut down, uh, we abided by uh, the governor's recommendation and are uh, uh, of course concerned for the health of our uh, studio participants. Uh, with, especially when it comes to the classes, it it feels like we're an extended family when the mm-hmm. children are coming and I'm getting to see them grow up over 12 years of doing the business. So. Uh, We did comply, but then we started producing art kits. We were following restaurants that were able to give curbside um, experiences for families to stop by and pick up food, and we were providing art kits. Mm -hmm. And our audience was uh, looking for things to do to keep the kids uh, creatively engaged, and so I felt like we had great support both at our Hershey Studio and our Anvil Studio as well. And then we offered some classes via Zoom so that uh, the kids could get that support. We ran a 10-week class that way, and uh, the parents picked up their 10-week art kits, and then the kids were checking in on an weekly basis to be able to make art. Oh,
1: that's cool. That's really wonderful mm-hmm. and really great. And I love that you you really mimicked, you know, this pickup, this kind of curbside mm-hmm. piece here because, mm-hmm. like you said, parents are so appreciative of of knowing that they're coming to the expert to put together the materials and that they can be participants instead of the creators of all of it. Or, quite honestly, this might be a time when they need something for their their children to do while they're trying to balance work and homeschool and all these things. I'll tell you, I feel for parents. I say this to Shyla all the time. I don't know how I would balance my job and also having an elementary student or a middle school student home and trying to keep that going. Um, I have a friend who's a kindergarten teacher and she um, said it's going very well on zoom with the kindergartners. They're on for 30 minutes then they're off for half an hour. Then they're on for 45 minutes. But she said that the responsibilities on the parents who are trying mm-hmm. to balance all these things. And so I'm sure they appreciated that you took the time to put those pieces together and to keep continuity of art education for their students. I mean, that's a huge thing. You know, we have a, a a dear friend who owns a dance studio. And she said, you know, her biggest concern are the kids who lose interest in something that they're taking a break in because of COVID or something. So she's done the same where she's tried to keep that instruction going because you know, we know how children work. We know how we work, right? If we lose Mm -hmm. our connection to something, it's easy to have it not continue Mm -hmm. in our life. And having that local
2: support system too, families know that they can reach out to me. I'll get messages on Facebook or through the website. I'll get emails, people asking, you know, how can we do this? And I love the show and tell that continues to happen, Mm -hmm. where people will send me pictures of things that the kids have done from home. That's so wonderful. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's where that social media piece can be such a good thing. Right. It can. Yeah. It can. Mm-hmm. So pe- students can share on social media and really show the things that they're accomplishing and doing. I don't know about you, but I know my students at the school district. They they so much are looking for something to do. Uh, we yeah. just got done. Uh, uh, casting the spring musical and not because we don't think that we're going to have pauses in it or not because we think it's going to go as smoothly as it has in the past, but the students really said to us, we still want to move forward because then we can be working on this. They want things to do, right? They, mm-hmm. they want things to do. They want that education to continue. And, and so we're continuing on their theater education. I'm sure the families you work with are so thrilled to have the, the arts education.
2: Yeah. Yes. I I was very impressed with our summer camps this past summer that, you know, there was lots of uh, concern, anxiousness about how the children were going to do with wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And I felt that our uh, students were eager to be engaged in learning. They were eager to be to have a sense of community and, and have some social time. And so we didn't have a problem with that. Now, my staff and I, we had the conversation prior to camp starting that mental health is as important as physical health. Mm-hmm. And so if a child seems to be struggling with a mask, we're to be attentive to that. And so we would announce that in the beginning of our camps. If anybody needs to have a break, we can go outside. We'll make sure that we maintain the social distancing, but then they could take and mm-hmm. ha- the mask off and, and breathe some fresh air. But mm-hmm. I think the kids have done an outstanding job mm-hmm. in the studio. That's wonderful. That's yeah,
1: amazing. I agree. You know, it's funny. So many parents have said things like, "Oh, the students are going to struggle, and how will the little ones ever keep them on?" And yeah. I actually yes. think they're not the trouble. No, my right? four-year-old has no problem I with say, it. I was going to say, Lucas. Every single time you've ever asked him to do it, he, he doesn't. You know, and they're, they they really don't because I think they understand the greater good, right? You know, when mm-hmm. we're young, we we spend so much time talking about what's better for the greater good. Definitely. So mm-hmm. yeah. So um. So do you have new programming coming up that that you're excited for? Uh, that's coming, you know, in the next season. Here, what's next for Splat?
2: Um, We do. So uh, we're we're going to gear up to have some art kits available again. We've had uh, families coming on and and buying for with the holiday season, Mm -hmm. buying gift certificates, which is very nice. And we will continue to run our four week classes. We haven't released our classes that will come out in January, with with the elevating numbers. I'm being Mm -hmm. a little bit tentative. I don't. Families feel nervous about making the financial commitment to a class that they're not sure. Mm -hmm will run sure. some some prefer to want to be in the studio and some are can be flexible that they can uh, also do the zoom classes outside the studio but we're going to have art kits available again we were running specific themes weekly and so we plan to start advertising some uh, art kit themes as well as families can come in I can set up a private uh, reservation and a family member could come in and pick out the things that they think that their children would like or even bring their children in this is also I I talk a lot about the kids but adults love as you mentioned (laughs) your mother likes Mm -hmm. making mosaics Mm -hmm. so whether it's mosaics collage or pottery. And then if they uh, the pieces need grouted or they need fired, they just drop them back off at the studio. We finish the pieces and then we uh, contact the customer to let them know when it's time to pick it up.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. You know, it's, it's amazing how much you have really thought through all of this. And I don't say that because I'm surprised that you have. I mean, but it is so clear that you think about the business side mm-hmm. of this. And people underestimate. I'm going to say us because I'm going I'm to put us in the same thing. <laughs> that, but I feel like so many times in the arts, you know, I, I often say that I really think I got my job at the, at the school district over over a decade ago, not so much just because I was a good director and, and all those things, but because I have an MBA. And I think they looked yes. at me and they said, this is a program that will not exist if it can't sell fund itself. And so I, w- mm-hmm. I was up, I, the, the two individuals that interviewed at the same time as me are good friends of mine who are, are wonderful people. But I really think I got the position over them because I had a business background and I could do that. Um, you know, how do you balance that, that making sure that it's, you know, people underestimate that it's all about the arts, you know, and you're like, it's about the arts, but it's also about keeping a business going too, right? You know, do you, do you feel that pressure mm-hmm. often?
2: The, the pressure to balance between the, uh, the arts and the business. Oh, absolutely. So, And I don't have a business background. Mm-hmm. It's something that I have had to uh, be. I have the creative background. And so having that sense of flexibility. And then also, uh, I have a great network of uh, women in my life. In the, from within the community that have a variety of skill sets, mm-hmm. I talk about my friendship and m- mentoring with Cindy, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm also friends with Heather Richardson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah uh, and, and Another Fantastic yeah. guest, absolutely. Yes. You know, I <laughs> yes. can't wait
1: till it's safe. We keep talking about this. When when things are safe, we're, get, we're Heather wants to um, host for us a, a reception with all of the wonderful and incredible women uh, that mentioned. we've had a chance to, yeah. to. And I can't wait to actually have all of you in one space because yeah. I've gotten mm-hmm. you know I've gotten to interact with you in, individually, and so. Shayla, yes. and how cool it's going to be when I get to be like, wait a minute, you know each other? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah yes. everyone cool. knows like,
1: everyone. right, right. Yes. So, yes. so really making the most of this of this wonderful women centric you know community that we have, and we really mm-hmm. do. We're really yeah. lifting each other. Speaking at, of, of yes. women
0: centric, um, mm-hmm. you and I share one thing in common. Um, I'm sure more, but uh, we were both. Um, uh, awarded, uh, um, I'm sorry. The Women's Commission. We were both in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, yes. and you you were in the Hall of Fame. Was it last year? You
2: you were this this past season. Yes. Oh, this past season. Mm-hmm. So, 2020. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: so you missed uh, having some kind of actual like lunch, or dinner. Yeah, right. It
2: was virtual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: gotcha. Well, mine happened on a day that there was like a rando snowstorm in March, <laughs> and so like <laughs> half of the people didn't come. Um, mm-hmm. Alicia <laughs> Richardson. who who is the person who usually MCs couldn't come because mm-hmm. it was snowing really badly anyway. Um, but as I read your bio, like there's a whole lot here that you are just, so humble and didn't mention but you've got a whole lot of things going on here for the love megan you're holding out on us here i don't like this
1: you know we also talk about this whole thing where,
0: like as women
1: were expected to be too humble you know would you like to sing us some praises yeah yeah so could you um, sing some praises Mm yes since
0: megan opened her art studio splat in 2008 many children and their families have attended programs where they learn vast majority i'm sorry vast Variety of art making techniques and we kind of talked a little bit about that. Megan has played a vital role in adve- in developing art programs within the Lebanon Valley. She introduced a guest artist series that included field trips to other artists venues. Also, she creates a multi generational experience for the Car- Cornwall mm-hmm. Children's Center and partner with Aaron's Acres where she taught her staff. To create art with an understanding of special needs, like there's a whole lot yeah, here. So you've got a whole lot going on. <laughs> so, Megan,
1: can you can you talk a little bit about that? About working with with and making art um, appropriate for special needs, because this is something that you know it's it's not about just providing an opportunity for children, right? But it's mm-hmm. about providing a meaningful opportunity for all children, and that that those are two different things. There, so can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about your work with special needs children and
2: and what your approach is there? Certainly, so um, I don't think that my approach uh, with children with special needs is any different than the child that would Mm -hmm. not necessarily be identified as having special needs. This idea of an IEP, an individual education plan, I think is really important for all students. Mm To be able to have an individual plan that meets their needs. Now, for teachers to be able to um, provide that throughout the day, it is difficult with numbers, uh, you know, 24 to 30 some students in a classroom. But I think it's about uh, in the the culture that I try to create in the studio is being uh, student attentive, aware of the students, looking at how they're interacting with the materials. Uh, uh, drawing out um, things that you see that are positive, that are happening, getting kids engaged to talk about their arts experiences, getting kids engaged to be able to articulate when they're having difficulty with a certain way of making things, and um, it's about developing that vocabulary. Um, So, Mm and looking for ways to make adaptations. But what's interesting, too, then, is when I take students uh, to go see artists in their studios, or I have artists come in and do demonstrations for the students, I'm always saying to them, pay attention to the tools that an artist will craft for their process as opposed to things that they could just go to the art store mm-hmm. or to Walmart mm-hmm. and be able to purchase. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the, one of the uh, we had a guest artist in, her name is Emily and she is an eye gaze artist and her, ex- her artwork right now is on exhibit over at the Cocoa Beanery in Hershey. Oh, oh cool! Um, a young woman who was born with Rett Syndrome, and so as she's developed in life, um, she has lost uh, capability. So when she was first born, she was born uh, seeming to have uh, all the capabilities that an infant would have, but as she started to enter her toddler years, she started to regress, and so she came into the studio with her eye gaze machine where she makes art and she demonstrated for our students and then we also had um, the toby eye gaze uh, rep come in and he had two eye gaze devices that the kids could uh, create art as well as manipulate like they were doing uh, video games so popping bubbles uh, playing instruments And that was quite fascinating to have her come in and show the kids how she makes art and then also how she communicates as she's nonverbal. Oh, amazing. And we had sensitivity sensitivity exercises before Emily came in where the kids were Mm -hmm. able to experience art making if they didn't have uh, their sight Mm-hmm. so we we use blindfolds and how they would make art using their tactile senses if they couldn't use their arms how they might paint with their feet mm-hmm. or that's sculpt awesome. with their that's feet awesome that you, yes. you, you
0: took the time to be aware of that and to talk mm-hmm. about what well, that looked like and the and, whole big yeah. picture of that
1: you know talk about collaboration and um really paying attention and listening and awareness and all the things that make all the best artists and creatives in the whole world yeah. you know and the best people at the end yeah. of the day um so mm-hmm. that's really wonderful megan Absolutely oh, fine. We could talk to you
0: all day. This is what we say about almost all of our but guests. true. Because, and yes. someday
1: we'll be able to get together in a room full of all of our favorite people, yes. which is what I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm feel, starting to feel like country, coffee, beans, and booze is about interviewing our favorite people. Yes. Like it really, yes. it really is.
2: So thank you. Yes.
1: Megan, it has been such an incredible delight. And and I, I know Shyla means it, and I do too, when we say we could just talk to you forever and ever because you're just doing such incredible things in our community and are such an inspiration. So, so cool. thank yeah. you very, very much. Yeah. So, But before we go... We have some questions to ask you that we ask of all of our uh, interviewees. And and, and since you've been listening,
0: you know, you you may know. know. Yes. (laughs) So, as you know, I I have
1: the first one here, which is what is your favorite coffee beverage? Latte. Ooh, latte. Mm -hmm. Do you have a particular type of latte you like, or are you an equal opportunity latte lover?
2: Um, I will uh, order a non fat hot latte, so no syrup. Absolutely. Yes. I okay. hear you. And now mm-hmm. we have Swatera Coffee Company in town there uh, yes. in Annville, So
1: absolutely. It's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff for sure. Yes.
2: Absolutely. If I need something sweet, it won't be in the syrup. It will be in a fresh baked good. Oh, <laughs> excellent. excellent. I feel the same. I'm not a sweet in my coffee. It's, it's yeah, you're not,
1: know, you're not into that. Well, you've no. got me into the almond milk uh, flat white right now. Oh, and yeah. So that's not sweet. I like oh. that too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I'm with you because there at Swatera Coffee, I can get the um, sweet velvet macaroons. Mm, They're they're dangerous, though. They're dangerous. (laughs) Shiloh
0: here has question number two. Yeah, so um, I represent the booze part of this uh, relationship. So, um, you know, happily so. Um, So what is your favorite adult beverage?
2: Uh, I enjoy a nice uh, dry glass of red wine. And if I'm going to have a mixed beverage, I prefer something with a real fruit juice. Okay.
1: All right. Well, then mm-hmm. you can drink with both Shyla and yep. myself for she is a red wine drinker and I'm yep. a fruity beverage drinker. So we're we yep, already know we're what we're going to have <laughs> when we get together. This is fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Well, our third and final question truly is our favorite question. Um, it's the one that I don't think that we will ever lose because we truly we truly do Aww. love it. So Shyla, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So we want to know, Megan, what is your passion?
2: Uh, I have so many passions, but I think that working with people is the best way to describe my passion. I love what I do. Um, I love my family. I love my community. Being able to uh, create programming that we have here in the studio, being able to create family life at home, and then taking what we have uh, at the studio. I think of my first education being my uh college education but I also think of my stay-at-home mom as part of my other education to make me more sensitive working with families and working with the community so
0: that's amazing
1: there's my passion (laughs) well excellent well we're so happy for and so thankful for what you do for the the community and the people in our community so thank you so much for for doing what you do and for your time today yes thank you yes
2: I appreciate the conversation thank you ladies
1: thanks for listening I'm Shyla and I'm Jasmine and we're thriving in a small town
2: it's Caffeine and Charles Van
0: and Drunk Shallow. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink.